Welcome to the Alberta Wedding Podcast, a platform for Alberta wedding professionals and couples to connect, learn, and share ideas. I'm your host, wedding videographer Kevin Marr. With over 100 weddings behind me, I'm your guide to all things weddings in this great province of ours. Well, I am bringing the party with me on this week's episode of the Alberta Wedding Podcast. It is with great pleasure to introduce this next guest, someone who definitely knows how to bring the party, probably a lot more than I can. And this is uh, no other than Jordan Helm with Nyquist Entertainment. How are you, buddy? I am great. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me on your show. I'm really excited to share my expertise, my advice in regards with weddings. So I absolutely love what I do. I pretty much eat, sleep, bleed weddings, so I'm going to try to give you guys as much knowledge as possible. Yeah, no, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule because I know how busy you are. I always ask you, what do you have got going on? And you keep on like leveling up every year. I don't know how you do it, and maybe we'll find out in this next hour here, but thanks so much for coming on. Now, for all of our listeners that don't know who you are and aren't familiar with your brand and how you got involved... Can you let us in on how you got started in DJing? And because I know it's it's been a long path for you. For sure. I absolutely would love to share that story. So I've always had a passion and love for music. It's amazing to see how we all respond as human beings when we listen to music, which is pretty amazing. I feel like we're very selective on the genre we listen to based on how we're feeling at that time. For example, if we're down and going through a hard time, our choice of music will be much more softer with a slower beat. Now reverse that role and you're having an amazing day and loving life, you'll be listening to more uplifting, inspiring music that simply feels great for the soul. Personally, myself, when I go work out at the gym, I love to listen to more energetic music that's faster in tempo and with a stronger beat. Honestly, I think I feel in love with music and the connection it has on us. At such a young age, I never seen myself as a DJ growing up, to tell you the honest truth. I started off with my obsession with hip-hop at the age of 12 and had quite the collection. I don't think anything will ever compare to this era of hip-hop. Then I slowly transitioned into dance music, which won my heart. It probably helps with it being so many sub-genres into one, and I'm able to connect with it on so many levels. I listened to music throughout my whole childhood and graduated in 2022. At this point, I still didn't have any plans to become a DJ, so I decided to follow my father's footsteps to become a machinist. While working as a machinist, I also had a job at Steakhouse and Bar on the south side of Edmonton. This was definitely my stepping stone into the DJ world. Everyone knew I was a bedroom DJ at the restaurant, but nothing professional. I was asked by the GM to do their patio party one year, which turned out being a huge success. It turned out with me DJing more parties after that moment. Then I was asked by the cook to DJ his sister's wedding. This was back in 2012 which I was very hesitant and told him I don't do weddings and felt very nervous about it. I finally agreed to DJ her wedding as much as I didn't want to, but he gave me reassurance on everything. After her wedding, I started doing more events on the side while working full time. It was hard, but I needed to build a name for myself. I knew eventually I was going to make a transition in what was just a matter of when. After having well over about 100 weddings and events under my belt, I finally took the plunge and quit my full-time job in 2022, sorry, in 2020, after 19 years as a machinist. It was time to pursue my passion in music and work that dance floor. The rest is history and here we are now catering to many events, many weddings, galas, birthday parties, you name it. I feel like I just listened to an audiobook <laughs> on Audible. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I, I I'm glad that you did really uh, dig deep and uh, and full transparency. We're doing this audio only, but I give you guys you know uh, questions in advance to to know what we're talking about in the episode. And so, thanks for doing your research and and looking back sure. at exactly how you got to where you are today and and letting our listeners in. So, what was that switch like when you finally made the decision to go full time with this? Obviously, this was a passion of yours that has grown over the years. But do you feel like as a person, you've changed too because of this? For sure. Like emotionally, spiritually, physically, 100%. Obviously, working a nine-to-five job, it wore on my body, on myself. Especially after 19 years of doing it, it's just something I didn't enjoy in life, right? Happiness is key. And I really found that I connected myself with music and obviously starting to do more events, DJing, everything led to one another. 
And now I just love what I do. I find I'm much more happier in life. And obviously, I don't have that nine to five job. Yes, I have to give up my weekends. But honestly, giving up the weekends to share someone's special day is not that bad. We absolutely love bringing that experience on that dance floor and obviously sharing that day with our clients. So I love the transition. It was really cool from going from a full-time machinist to switching over to a DJ career. So yeah, I thought it was pretty amazing. And how did it impact your life at home? Because I know you've got a beautiful family and I imagine like it wasn't easy for them to accept that, you know, this is the route you're going to go in the sense that your weekends were going to be taken away. But I know there also has been a lot of positives have come out of this too, right? So you want to just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So obviously there was a lot of positive that came out of it. A big one, quitting my nine to five job. That made me free underneath my weekdays. So guess what? I could drop off my kids at school. I could pick them up every day. I wasn't able to do that before. I had to rely on a day home to drop them off every morning, to go back to the day home in the evening, to go pick them up, to rush at home, to quickly make dinner, do their homework. I had no life. I maybe had an hour or two of free time. Switch the role now, becoming a full-time DJ. Yes, I sacrifice my weekends, but I still have my weekdays off. My fiance, Holly, she stays at home on the weekends. So she basically caters to the house, does what she needs to do with the kids, and I just do my thing. Then again, for weddings, that's mainly my forte. So it's very seasonal. We pretty much kick off our wedding season like starting in May, and we're done pretty much at the end of October. So I still have a lot of months of downtime, but Don't kid yourself in that downtime. I'm still doing client consultations every single day, Zoom meets. I'm still prepping for my client's special day. I'm still taking inquiries, quotes, doing contracts. There's still a lot of admin work, but still, I just love having my freedom underneath the week. I go to the gym every day, drop off my kids, like I said, pick them up from school, hang out with them at nighttime. If I stay up at 11 or 12 o'clock at night, it's not a big deal. It's not like I have to wake up at seven in the morning to go to my full-time job. So yeah, it definitely has its perks. I, probably the best transition I've ever made in my life, for sure. Yeah, I, and I can definitely relate. I mean, obviously, I don't have a large family myself. You know, we're in the process of trying to start a family. But, Exciting. you know, we have other commitments with our house. And we bought a house a couple of years ago. And so, you know, the commitments that come with that, we've got a couple very active pups that uh, you may hear actually in the background. <laughs> So yeah, I can definitely understand that it's it's such a juggling act and I don't think you'll ever find that perfect balance between the two because one is always going to need more of a be a priority than the the other one. Correct. Yeah, that's a very valid point for sure. Now, what does your business look like right now? Because I know at the beginning you were a one man band. <laughs> this is cool. But now it's not just you anymore. No, it's not. What does uh, Nyquist Entertainment look like now? So I have, I've extended my family to about four DJs. I've got four photo booth attendants now. And obviously starting off in the beginning, yeah, it was just myself. I had to build my name up. And now that I've built my name up, I'm getting all those inquiries. Obviously, if I could clone myself, I would clone myself, but we can't do that right now, maybe in the future sometime. So what I have been working with is my DJs who are amazing. They're exactly like myself, interactive skills, music library, DJ gear. So I want to make sure that my clients are in the best hands possible where they have someone very similar like myself. Obviously, not exactly like myself, but very similar to the same skills, techniques as a wedding DJ should be providing for their special days. So yeah. And you know what? I love it. Every year I grow more and more. I get more and more bookings. I just actually did a, a bat mitzvah for my very first time on Sunday. So not only do I do weddings, I do galas, birthdays. So I'm actually like spreading around the horizon, just doing, focusing on more things. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, I love what I do. And that family just keeps on growing more and more. So I'm uh, interested to see where next year will take me to say the least. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of your work family, how did you go about in bringing them on? Like, obviously, we're in the people business and through networking and and we just tend to run into other like-minded folks. But I'm just curious to know how you were able to compile this team. It's like your Avengers team, right? Like, how did how did how did you find everyone? You know, from their own like their own backgrounds to, to come to Nyquist. Well, we do have a very supportive DJ community in Edmonton. And as much as people think it's competitive, it's not really that bad. We all work together as a team. And 
one thing leads to another. You know what I mean? There's a lot of DJs that don't work out for other DJ companies. So these DJs are obviously looking to work for other companies. You know what I mean? But there is shadowing. There's some interviewing involved, right? But it's just, it's finding someone that's, that's going to be very similar to yourself. That's a people person. Remember, DJing is a very sociable job. You have to be very communicative with your clients. You have to understand them. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you bite your lip if some things don't make sense. You know what I mean? The client is always right. We've always learned this in the service industry, right? But usually I'm very selective with my DJs. They just have to have like a good heart, personality, be loyal, you know what I mean? But basically just putting ads out there on the internet, you know what I mean? Sifting through certain people, finding who works, who doesn't work, you know what I mean? What's their go-to in music taste? What would they do if no one is dancing? Just certain questions like that. So I found that the people that do work for me are exactly like myself. And that's kind of like the the energy we attract in our company. I love that. And obviously, I've done weddings with you personally, but also I've done weddings with your other DJs. And it's you can see the the, the shared values when it comes to just being good people and just what you... Uh, really strive to achieve for each wedding for the, yes. your couples because each wedding is different and so you need to be able to cater and be almost like a chameleon in a sense where really adapt yes and like you said every wedding is different different music different styles different timelines scheduling and nowadays nothing is really traditional people are steering away from those traditional ways and they want something unique where they stand out right so you like you said have to adapt to that change you know what i mean don't take it like every job is the same job it's not it's different at a wedding it's as simple as yeah you have a ceremony reception next day you could just have a ceremony or you could just have a reception you know what i mean or a different cultural background to your wedding where you have to be diverse in your music right so you have to do a little homework a little research on your end to understand these clients a little more yeah no i love that so let's start the journey here for our couples we're gonna have a lot of couples that are gonna be listening to this podcast and i really want to pull back the veil as i like to say and really give them an idea of what they should expect or what are the things that they should be looking for when it comes to finding the perfect DJ for them. So what are some very basic questions that couples should be asking uh, DJs when they are inquiring? Because I know that you're not going to be the only one that they're going to be inquiring with. Typically, they're, you're going to be looking at three or four, maybe five different options when it comes to each service uh, for your wedding. So I'm curious to know from, from your perspective, and you've done a lot of calls over the years, what are some really good questions that you love being asked? For sure. Yes. And I would love to elaborate on this. So I definitely have some solid points here. So a big one is how long they've been in business for. So this will determine their level of experience and knowledge they have for weddings. It's important to have a DJ that is well-trained behind the microphone and can handle announcements, especially someone that knows a basic timeline to a wedding. A music library is also big. Though it is impossible to have every single song, your DJ should have a wide selection of music in their library. This includes all current music as well. Music will always set the mood throughout your wedding and will have a huge impact on how you remember your special day. Your DJ should also be able to provide assistance choosing songs for your special moments during your wedding. Personally, myself with my DJ company, I always provide a songbook for the ceremony reception. This will definitely help if you're struggling and don't know what song to pick. Once again, it's important to give as much insight as possible, even on the music library side. Mixing also is very important. Your wedding DJ should be skilled at mixing and transitioning your songs that flow smoothly into one another. It's an absolute buzzkill playing songs from the beginning to the end. And yes, DJs still do this. Nowadays, we have a very short attention span. We're on Instagram Reels. Every 20 seconds, we're on to the next. You know what I mean? Yep. There's nothing worse than playing a song four minutes in its entirety. I mean, you might as well have a Spotify list at that point. For sure, exactly. You shouldn't be hiring a DJ then. There's no point. Save yourself the money. Yeah. So it's important to mix every minute and a half, every two minutes out into another song and try to keep that vibe, that energy on that dance floor. So, and then wedding DJs are versatile and can play all styles and genres of music. It's your job as a DJ to read the crowd and knowing what song to play. And you know what? A great question is to ask your DJs, what is your go-to? If there's if there's no one dancing on the dance floor, what song are you going to select? You know what I mean? That is our job to read that crowd. 
DJ equipment is a huge one also too. In my opinion, it's super important. Uh, this will say a lot about the DJ companies. So majority of DJs will always use a controller which enables them to mix their music on the fly. This is usually connected to either a PC or a MacBook laptop where they're going to access all of their music library. A wireless microphone is a must nowadays. There is nothing worse than having a corded microphone during the ceremony that looks awful for your pictures. And I'm sure yourself, being a photographer, videographer, Kev, you know all about this, right? We're, we have modern technology nowadays. There's no reason for your DJ not having a wireless microphone. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so yeah, it's also too, it's a good thing to double check the brand name of the microphone. Nothing worse than having feedback issues or dropouts while using the microphone. This is usually caused by cheaper equipment that's poorly made. Once again, you're hiring a professional vendor. They should be having professional equipment. So on that topic, because you and I will know like what some of the top names are for like microphones and sure. various equipment. What are some brands maybe that couples should be uh, looking for, you know, when they are asking these questions and, and they're hearing these responses? Like, what are some good brands that to, to, to look out for? So, yeah, so you, your top two are going to be Sennheiser and Shermikes. Those are known for the wedding industry where you're never going to have feedback issues, dropouts, no signal loss. You could be as far as 150 feet to 300 feet down the field. It's not going to drop out on you. That's going to go through. Now, there are poor microphones as in line six, as in other ones where basically nowadays they run on a 2.4 G wireless network. Well, that's the same network as your cell phone. So mm. obviously if everyone is sitting down in the ceremony, they all have cell phones in their pocket. That signal is trying to go through to its transmitter from the receiver and it's bouncing off every single cell phone that's in people's pockets. And of course it's going to drop out. Those are just simple things. Just don't cheap out. And yes, definitely ask for what type of brand name you're getting in your, your DJ gear, right? That will go a far way. And that will say a lot also too about the company or the DJ itself. So and for speakers too, I mean, that's the mic is just half of it, right? Like, yes, what are some uh, good speakers? Again, this is not to get a deep dive into gear, but just what are some, you know, brands that, you know, couples should, you know, be expecting, you know, from a premium entertainment uh, business like yourself? Yeah, so I know, like, probably about 90% of the DJ companies in Edmonton, they run QSC speakers, which are a high-powered speaker. They're about 2,000 watts each speaker, so they can handle well over about 250-plus people for a crowd. JBL speakers are really good. RCF speakers are really good. So, And then speakers, once again, are everything. They'll be the backbone to your party. You might have your wedding in a larger venue. If that's the case, you'll need to make sure that your DJ can fill out the venue with additional speakers. So it's important to make sure your sound is balanced. So for example, I think you have been to Hillside Acres, right, Kev? You know what? I was just thinking of that venue just uh, in the last 30 seconds. I was yeah. I was going to mention it if you hadn't. And this is not a jab at Hillside. This is not no, a No, no, no. I love Hillside. Hillside Acres is beautiful, especially oh, so at nighttime when the fairy lights light up, all that. So absolutely. for example, you know what I mean? That is a, a big venue. Now, majority of DJs will always set up in the corner where their station is. Now, they'll have their two main speakers for the dance floor, and sometimes the DJs will only rely on those two main speakers for your cocktail hour, your speeches, and then during dinner. But you have to remember for speeches, those people in the very, very back will not be able to hear anything being said over the microphone. Those people in the front will be able to hear it. Now, as you turn up the volume of your speaker, those people in the front are not going to like you because it's too loud. But those people in the back are going to be able to hear you. And they're like, yes, thank you. Now, the way to work around this is to bring out an additional speaker. Put a third speaker in the very, very back, which we usually have a booth output on. Then we have our own separate volume control. Now, this is balancing your sound. Any good DJ should know this. And especially working for bigger venues, you only get one chance to do this. There's nothing worse than you desetting your speakers to reset them up in the very back while the speakers are going on because no one can hear it when you could have just avoided this problem to bring out an additional speaker in the beginning. Once again, you know what I mean? There's homework that we have to do as DJs on venues. If we've never been to this venue, Google it. Do some research. Ask around, right? Just don't go into it knowing that you know everything about it because it's not going to happen. There's going to be mistakes, right? So, but yeah, very, very important. If you deal with a larger venue, make sure your sound is balanced. Ask your DJ to bring out a third speaker. Usually we have wireless speakers or a battery powered speaker that honestly does not take long for us to set up. Now, 
For example, I'll have that third speaker set up, but I'll make sure it's shut off after we're done the speeches because you know that people want to talk further back when the dance kicks off where it's not as loud. People want to dance, get crazy, go to the front of the main speakers with a dance for us. You know what I mean? So it's balancing that sound at the end of the day, right? Just making sure that everything sounds great inside the venue, especially for speeches. Now, speeches are so important. That will make or break your wedding, especially if you have poor speakers, especially if the microphone has feedback issues. It drops out. And I hear horror stories all the time from my clients. They're like, Jordan, what are you going to do to promise us that your microphone's not going to drop out, that your speakers aren't loud enough? So once again, I have to give them reassurance because other DJs out there are having these problems and they're putting bad taste in clients' mouths. So yes. And for some venues in and around, especially uh, like Edmonton or Calgary, you have to worry about noise complaints too. So how do you balance that as well? Because especially when it comes to the, the dance part. Correct. So usually the venue owners will tell you right off the bat what they're dealing with with decimal levels. And usually they have like a volume reader control where basically they'll walk around. So obviously some venues will be only the 80 decibels, you know what I mean? Some will be 85, some will be 90. There's a lot of different venues that are struggling with this because the noise complaints with the neighbors around them. But once again, your job as a DJ, you should be complying with their rules, which is very important because if you want to come back to their venue, well, guess what? You've listened to them. You've kept it at an 80 decimal range. You're going to come back. If not, especially if they get complaints from their neighbor, you're not going to be able to go back to that venue. So it's very important to obviously listen and to comply with the rules and regulate rules and regulations from the wedding venues for sure. So how do you, I guess, maneuver that situation when you have guests coming up to you? They've had a few of the drink. They're like, you know what? We need to crank this up. We're here at the party, you know? And you're like, I can't go any louder than this. It's very hard. It's very challenging to say the least, Kev. We do our best as DJs. And yeah, sometimes it's very hard because we can't give that experience on that dance floor what we should be doing as a DJ. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we're able to come back to this venue, right? So kind of we have a hard job, but I find that when there's more liquor involved, it kind of gets less and less of a problem. It's usually right off the bat because people need to feel the bass people need to feel the energize i want to party especially to feel that vibe to get on that dance for you i mean sometimes you need louder music but i've always found later in the night you know what i mean you can still keep it somewhat at a a lower volume where they're not going to notice as much as they did in the beginning because they're already half intoxicated we should say and they're already like they're in full party mode so i'm gone by then right i know and it's (laughs) definitely for sure i know we talked a little bit about this but are there any other red flags that couples should be looking for because unfortunately like in our industry there are companies that i would say maybe don't always have the couple's best interests in mind and we see it in every sector in our industry unfortunately it happens so what are maybe some other red flags that couples should be looking out for that we haven't already discussed already for sure so Your go-tos would definitely be if they can't provide reviews or references, right? This will obviously say a lot. Is this their full-time job? Is this their part-time job? You know what I mean? Are they just doing it for the paycheck? So that will say a lot. Now, obviously, with reviews and references, they should be providing current ones, up-to-date ones, right? Who's to say they don't put a date? This could be from two years ago. Who's to say last time they DJed a wedding was two years ago, right? Not last weekend, right? So it's very important to check on that. Now... Also, too, if they're not requiring a signed contract and not asking for a deposit to secure your date, yes, there's still companies that don't do contracts, don't do deposits. That's a big, big red flag. If you don't have a contract, what is securing your date? What is guaranteeing you that DJ will show up that day? Nothing. And you can't go back at that DJ and give them crap, you know what I mean? Just because you didn't sign a contract. There is nothing legally binding you two to go to that date. So that's a hard one. Then obviously deposits. Deposits are very important. Now, when I accept a deposit, not only does that secure the date for myself, but for my client. So deposits are very important also too, because we want to make sure we're guaranteed as a vendor to show up on the day of where we absolutely get paid and we're working for the day. Not that we're just kind of twiddling our thumbs and hoping that they're going to show up and we're going to show up for that day of the wedding for sure. Yeah, I've unfortunately had close friends of ours in the past that have been burnt in that sense where the contracts weren't 
properly signed or there were loopholes or we've had actually some friends where contracts were signed, but the DJ just, just never showed up. And this is not a jab at the at the DJ industry because this happens in every sector, including my own, right? As a as a videographer, so it's, it's scary, you know. And I think COVID has taught everyone to be a lot more diligent when it comes to vendors you bring on, and then obviously from our perspective is making sure that we're protected too. Yes, of course. I know for us, our we call them a retainer. We don't call it a deposit because our retainer at the beginning to reserve the date is non-refundable, but we're able to transfer it if, to other couples if we, if for whatever reason things get moved around and we're not available or, or whatever. Yes. We won't get into all the legal jargon right now, but <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, having a ironclad contract is so important for not just for DJs, but for anyone that you're bringing on to help create this experience for your wedding. For sure. Without a doubt. I couldn't agree with that more. You know what I mean? That's your first thing. You send your inquiry, you lock up with this vendor that you want to book with. First things first, sign that contract, get that retainer. Peace of mind, even though it's a year, two years down the road, you know that you're locked in with that vendor as much as we're locked in with that client, right? That gives us reassurance on both parties, which is very important. You know what I mean? We have to feed our family as much as they have to have their wedding, right? So it's the best of both worlds. So also to uh, not returning any of your phone calls or emails, communication is key. And I can't stress this enough. Now, I always do finalized follow-up calls with my clients, which is super important. And I always tell them that on the week of their wedding... Other vendors should be also reaching out to you to let you know if there's been any changes in their timeline. We want to make sure us vendors are all on the same page, not that I show up and I find out that dinner's now at 6.30 when it was supposed to be at 6 o'clock. Then I was supposed to have my bridal party entrance at 5.45, but now it's pushed off to a later time, right? So you can see communication is very important. There's a lot of stuff that changes on the week of your wedding. So not only should you be in contact with your DJ, your videographer, your florist, your caterer, your coordinator, everyone should be all on the same page. And I always tell my clients, sometimes there's a lot of vendors that take on too much work and they're not known for emailing or communicating back with their clients. As much as it's their job to reach out, I'd be reaching out to them just to make sure that everything is still scheduled on time. Just to once again, give you peace of mind. So very important. Yeah. And I think obviously it's not always possible, but if you have it in your budget, I would strongly recommend bringing on a planner because they will be the ones that are going to be dealing with a lot of this legwork, I would say, you know, beforehand and making sure that all the vendors that are involved with the wedding are on the same page. And it takes a lot of stress off of you, but I do understand like that's not always possible to have a planner. So correct. You know, that, that's why this podcast exists. So, you know, it's, it's a resource for our couples to be able to know what they need to be asking, things that they're, they should be aware of when it comes to planning, because this is something that for most, it's a one-time only thing. So, it's, yes, uh, sure. you know, we want to make sure that we're uh, giving them the best chance to have uh, the wedding of their dreams. Of course. And uh, lastly, a pushy DJ that's pressuring you into hiring them. So this is a huge also two red flag. It, it just goes to say that they're probably desperate for the gig. And there's nothing worse than just someone heckling you to book them. Now, you guys as clients, you're fishing in the industry. You're trying to find the best quotes. You don't want to be pressured into anything, let alone you want to make sure that you have confidence in signing that vendor. One thing I always do with my clients is basically I'll send them the inquiry. I used to do follow-ups. I don't do follow-ups anymore because once again, I find that kind of pushy. If they want to sign with you, they're going to come back and they're going to ask you more questions. But I love to tell them like, you know what? You guys do your homework. Go see other DJ companies out there. See what they offer. You know what I mean? For all I know, they could be a better fit than myself. I'm okay to say that. That does not bother me. You know what I mean? There's other people that are better than myself. We're very unique. That's what makes us stand out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Do you want an interactive DJ? Do you just want a DJ that mixes music? Everyone is different, right? So I tell my clients, do your homework. Go fish around the market. Go see what's out there. Then you guys have you guys can compare everything. Then when you do come back, you know you're signing with confidence that you've done your homework, you've done your research, you made the best possible choice. So for sure. What would you say is the average maybe starting price or the average median 
price for uh, a DJ in Edmonton or Calgary or just anywhere in Alberta? I know it's going to probably vary from market to market, but is there like a median average that couples should be expecting? I would probably say like standard would be 1500 and up for sure, without a doubt. Obviously, that's including your typical, your, your lights, your microphone, your speakers. For myself, I provide a little more than other DJ companies. I do personalized itineraries. I do songbooks. I do a lot of wedding planning, scheduling, timeline. You know what I mean? It's basically what that company can provide to those clients, right? But there's a reason why I charge what I charge. I like to go above and beyond and to kind of give as much insight and give my clients a visual walkthrough of their special day, right? There are some companies out there that, yeah, they charge $1,000, $1,200, but all they do is send you a questionnaire, you fill out, that's it. There's no meetings, nothing. They show up on your day, day DJ, walk out, go to the next wedding. For myself, this is the most important day out of your whole life. You can't redo a wedding. I want to make sure I create those everlasting memories and give you as much confidence during a consultation and walk you through everything from the beginning to the end, right? So... But I would probably say around the 1500 mark around there, you know what I mean? Give or take. Once again, depending on the DJ company, you mean, what are they providing for gear? How much knowledge do they have? Do they have 12 DJs for them? Do you know what DJ are you booking with, right? There's a lot of factors that takes into place when when you have a price point of something. Yeah, and would you say like it's typical for a DJ to do both the ceremony and reception or it really just varies from wedding to wedding? It varies, but 95% of all my weddings, I always do the ceremony and I always ask my clients when they're like, no, Jordan, we have the ceremony booked. I'm like, okay, if you don't mind me asking, what exactly do you have booked? And sometimes they'll use the venues gear and with myself dealing with a lot of these venues, I know what types of gear they have and it's not the greatest gear. Sometimes they have a quarter microphone. Sometimes they have a poor quality wireless microphone where it's known to have feedback, dropout issues, or only have one speaker. Now, you have to remember also too, like, do they have just like a small mixer where someone has to control an iPhone playlist and then they have to use their volume baiters going up and down, up and down. So I want to pick their brain about their ceremony because I want to ask them, how are they doing their ceremony? Because once again, yes, the ceremony is short and sweet, very minimal, very important time. Legally, this is where you guys get married. So there's nothing worse than having a videographer. And I'm sure you've been there, Kev, where they don't have direct plugins to your main outs, no plugins to the speaker, where sometimes you might have to tape a speaker onto or tape a microphone onto a speaker. There's just so many factors. And at the end of the day, I tell my clients, I'm like, I understand you guys are already spending X amounts of dollars, but spend a few hundred dollars more and Get that coverage during your ceremony for professional vendors. You know what I mean? Especially a DJ, right? That's something you don't want to cheap out because that is a very important time. And I hear, once again, hear so many horror stories. And I'm usually pretty good when I do my meetings with my clients. I'm like, Jordan, you know what? We already have our ceremony covered. And then I'll touch base with them. And after I'm done, they're like, okay, fine, Jordan. You know what? We're going to go through with you with the ceremony. You just give us peace of mind, more confidence, knowing that everything's going to go as planned. Oh, I love that. And this is why I wanted to have you on because I know you definitely take it to the next level. You go above and beyond for your couples. You care for your couples just as much as I do. For sure. And so we've become really good friends over the years because I know that you're not just a talented DJ, but you know the importance of doing it right and making sure that we're crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's and making sure that we're not leaving anything on uh, the table or should we say the dance floor in yes. this case. Yeah. So, uh, and we're the experts, right? So we know what things to be looking out for. And th- this is why when you're going through the whole planning process is to really do your, your due diligence and, mm-hmm. and take the extra time to ask these questions. And if you don't know, like ask others who've gone through the process too, right? I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into how you are able to adapt to a variety of budgets that come to you and but still be able to deliver that Nyquist entertainment service that people know and love you for. I'm really curious to know how you're able to keep that high level of service consistent no matter what budget you have to work with. I do like have a a strict price point. Obviously, once again, going back from everything that I've explained with my company, the reason for that is I provide a high excellence of service. I walk through their special day from the beginning to the end. 
I give them as much information as possible. I also provide them with their own timelines, itineraries, songbooks, MC notes, bridal party introductions, which a lot of DJ companies don't. So I pretty much act like a wedding planner. Now, this is obviously a, an added plus. A lot of my clients can't afford a coordinator or planner. So this is where I step into place. Now, this is part of your DJ's job because they set the tone of the evening. They handle announcements. Now, they got to control that flow. Everything from your bridal party, uh, grand entrance, from your dinner, calling up the dinner tables to go up and eat, from the speeches, you know what I mean? There, there's so much that your DJ should be doing. And I always find that I'm kind of at this price point now where I just like to stay. And a lot of times my clients, sometimes I work a bit with their budget, but I won't go anything much less than what I asked for, Kev, just because my value... And I get that. You, you know, you got to know your worth. Of course. If you're looking for someone else that's more within your budget, yeah, I'm going to recommend those people that fit more into your criteria than myself, right? Mm -hmm. I've always found that I don't need to lower my price to work with them to the to the standards that that I'm providing, I should say. But when I've done my consultations, like I've done about 69 of them since January, no word oh of a lie. So I have about 37 to get through. And it takes me an hour and 10 minutes from the beginning to the end where my clients don't say anything. I go through everything. Then I provide all of my notes. So right there, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to go above and beyond and trying to give them as much insight as possible. And like I said, that visual walkthrough from the beginning to the end. They know nothing. When our clients go to us, they're like, Jordan, we have a ceremony start time, we have a cocktail hour time, and we have a dining time. They have no buffers, no announcements, nothing in between. That's where I come in to fill that program, right? I always want to be a fly on a wall and try to figure out what other DJ companies do for consultation. You know what I mean? I want to see what other people provide, which would be kind of cool and what I provide. Mm -hmm. But I try to raise the bar as much as possible. I always want to have it where I'm done my consultation with my clients. Like, Jordan, you've answered everything. You've answered more than anything. And we're blown away. And usually that's how it is. There's never no questions because I go through everything. And I know they have the list of questions in front of them. And I tell them, don't ask me the questions. Let me go through everything from the beginning to the end. Then you guys can ask the questions. And usually those, those questions have already been answered during my consultation sometimes. So, Well, when you've done so many of them... And I'm always floored when you, you tell me how many you've done in such a short time period, because I feel like, okay, what have I done? What have I done with my life well, you've the last few lot. months here? <laughs> I know I've done a lot, but I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, that's a, that's a lot. But you're able to still deliver at a, such a high level, even though you, you pump out a lot of work each year. It's amazing that, and now that you have like a team, you're not doing this all on your own. And so I love that. You're the face of the company, but whenever they hire Nyquist, it's they're getting a premium luxury service that uh, you know is up there with uh, the best of the best in this province. And I'll always recommend you. So, why? Thank you. I vice versa, friend. I always recommend yourself too. So don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. So, how are you doing so far? Like we've gone through a lot so far, and I love that. This has been a great informative hour so far. We're not done yet, but I'm curious to know, again, going back to the whole planning process, and I know we've talked a lot about it already, but I guess what are some other things that uh, couples should expect or maybe be prepared for when it comes to working with a DJ and coming up with the, the right song list and all the other things that obviously you offer too, right? Because you offer like a photo booth and, and other sources. What are some other things during the planning process that couples should be aware of or just keep in mind? For sure. So like some standard questions are always like, are they looking for ceremony services, reception services? That will wean out a lot right there. Obviously, photo booth services. I do provide uplighting with my company. Now, uplighting is very, very cool. You usually place that behind the head table in front of the backdrop. Slideshow also too, you know what I mean? So you could fill your special day in with so much. And it's basically, what do you want at the end of the day? So I always like to ask my clients, what are you looking? What is your perfect day? Do you want to fill it in with games? Yes, shoe game is very traditional. A lot of my clients like to play that. I do interactive games during dinner, which is awesome. You know what I mean? I play Name That Tune. I play Trivia, The Bride and Groom. And there's nothing worse than your monotone DJ or MC going table number eight table number 12. Have some fun. I have always told my clients is if you can bring a different experience right off the bat, your guests are already going to see how much fun and how much energy your DJ has. They can't wait to kick off the evening. But 
I always like to ask my clients, like, what do you, what do you want out of your special day? You know what I mean? What are you exactly looking for? Right. And usually I just add from that, from what they're saying and kind of fill in those gaps and help them more with different ideas, maybe alternatives where they're not really looking for that, but we can add that into their timeline later on. Do you see any trends uh, coming down the pipeline when it comes to like really just like expanding on what you're already offering? Because I know you started just as a single man doing DJing. Now you have you know, a whole team of DJs. You've got all these other services that you offer. Are you seeing some trends or themes, you know, moving forward that a couple should maybe keep their eyes open to? Yes, definitely I do. So I'm finding that there's more weekday weddings than ever. Every year I get more bookings for Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays weddings. So it seems like people aren't hung up as much anymore on having certain dates for their wedding. There was a lot of superstitious like dates people were picking, you know what I mean, based on their parents' maybe uh, wedding date or maybe a certain date where they met each other. But now I find that I'm doing so many more weekday weddings. And I know even with venues, they offer a cheaper price. So sometimes it's, it's the best of both worlds, right? And at the end of the day, do you really want to wait for this certain date three to four years down the road? But you might want to have kids in the next year too, you know what I mean? People want to get on with their lives. So COVID, there was a lot of bad and a lot of good that happened. And also, too, people are living for the moment. People just want to move on with their life. So Mm -hmm. that is a huge trend. And then also, too, I find that there's no more big breaks in between ceremony and the reception. So uh, a lot of clients are going back to back from their ceremony to the reception now without hours in between, which is a plus because I'm such a fan of this. It keeps people more energized and awake. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have your ceremony at 1, 12 o'clock. No. But usually when you have a three, four hour break until your cocktail hour, there's a lot of these guests sometimes that stay behind at the venue. Well, I love it how you guys go off in your, your shuttle bus. You guys are drinking, loving life, but your guests are now staying. I am not drinking, but I'm I'm filming other people <laughs> drinking. <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. I don't judge, Kevin. It's all I good. did get iced in uh, October. Oh, nice. Uh, at Black Barn Venue. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got iced. <laughs> I made the mistake of telling them beforehand that I actually do like Smirnoff ice. Uh, yeah. And uh, this is not an ad for uh, Smirnoff, but oh. <laughs> yeah, it, I got iced and it got caught all in film and, and photos. So that's I love great. It. I love it. Hey, you even had fun with them too, right? That's important. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't do that at every wedding. That was the first time, but yeah, but there's nothing worse than your guests sticking around for four hours and they're waiting around. And I've even seen guests almost to the point of sleeping because finally, when the shuttle bus comes back, they kick off their official cocktail hour at five o'clock. Everyone has sat around for four hours. You know what I mean? Then again, it's a bad thing too when they have an open bar. Or they start drinking after the ceremony. Now you have three hours, four hours to drink before the actual official cocktail hour kicks off. And guess what? Everyone is heavily intoxicated. No wonder they don't make their speeches and stuff starts happening during the night because you guys decided to have a big break where everyone started drinking and now every drink fast now. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but that is a great trend. I'm loving. And I always recommend it to my clients where you could have like, say a ceremony at three, three 30, then you go for your, your immediate family photos, your bridal party photos. Cause you've already done your other photos prior before the ceremony starts. And then your guests only have an hour, which is great for a mix and mingle hour where they play lawn games, usually outside and they socialize, have beverages. And then the official cocktail hour kicks off at five o'clock where there's only an hour in between, you know what I mean? Which is great. And everything flows very, very nice. That is a huge trend that I'm finding that that's being set, which is awesome. And I'm totally for it. So yeah, I've definitely noticed that trend too over over the years. And obviously, you know, for us, it flows a little bit nicer for us on the, the photo and video side, but yeah. I again, like I love also, you know, couples being able to see themselves for the first time at the ceremony earlier in the day. So it really depends on yes. the couple, and you know, we're good either way. But there's definitely uh, pros and cons with uh, both options for sure. And then another one too, I found that going back from the beginning, how uh, people are steering away from the traditional ways what mom and dad used to do at their wedding. So no one is really saying grace anymore. Cake cutting isn't as popular, and the father-daughter and the mother-son dance song is combined now as in one. Yeah, I've even had their first dance uh, start right after they do their grand entrance. So this puts a little twist into the reception. These are all new trends, right? Which is kind of cool. It just it's unique. It stands out, and people are going to remember it down the road. Keeps us on our toes for sure as vendors. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Like 
it's a lot going on when they do the grand entrance to their first I've had it before where they do the grand entrance, their first dance, father, daughter dance, mother send that song, kick off their speeches, and then go right into dinner. And that's yeah. like getting every so there's a lot of clients that just want to get everything done as in all the formalities over. That's it. Go right to dinner party that's they're done you know what i mean which is kind of cool every client is very unique i'm for whatever they want to do you let's do you guys have something set in your heart let's follow through with that i tell my clients you can't google how to run a successful wedding it's going to tell you you guys do what you guys want to do it's super important to listen to your own heart so yeah and i love how unique uh, weddings have really become over the years and i've been doing this uh, since 2017 and definitely been seeing a shift where couples are really, you know, taking the extra time to create a immersive experience for their guests, really, you know, looking at all the details and, and just being very intentional with uh, every everything about the day from the vendors that they pick to the colors to uh, the timeline to everything. And I, I think it's amazing. It's it's come a long ways and I'm, I'm excited to see where... Uh, Things are going to go moving forward, but I think it's definitely heading in the right direction. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Kev. So I want to finish this off with some funny stories because we were talking before uh, we pressed record on uh, maybe there's some stories that will keep it off the air here, but (laughs) (laughs) because you see a lot more than I do, I leave about an hour after the party begins. I'm really curious to see if you've got some good stories for our listeners. Yeah, well, I'm definitely a people watcher to say the least. (laughs) Usually you I have to be in your line. Yeah, for sure, right? And I always tell my friends and family when I'm done doing my DJ career, I'm going to do confessions of a DJ or memoirs <laughs> of a DJ and write my own book for the amount of stuff that I see. And I'd buy it. Yeah, usually 9 o'clock when the party kicks off, everyone's pretty tame. But usually once 11, 12, 1 a.m. starts hitting off, everyone's fueled with that liquor inside and they've done a complete 180. Now grandma's grinding down on the dance floor <laughs> and the time of her life. Hopefully not breaking uh, a hip. Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I've honestly seen it all from guests dancing on the tables to them collapsing right after. Oh I had God. one wedding years ago where all the men on the dance floor removed all of their pants. And it's a tradition for that group once Juicy Wiggle is played for them to all go crazy. Uh, this isn't the first time I've seen this. Probably one out of every 10 weddings, someone removes their clothes. I've seen a bunch of fights break out between family members obviously way too much liquor involved. I did a wedding down in St. Paul. This was probably about eight years ago when I started kicking off my weddings. And uh, after 2 a.m., they asked me to stay extended hours, which I agreed upon. But I didn't realize that the bartender left and they came back in with about four cases of hard liquor. And I was like, oh no, I was like, I see what this This is done. And I was like, oh, why did I agree to this, right? (laughs) And there's only eight people left. And uh one of the moms got in a confrontation with one of the girls that was brought out from her son. And one thing led to another. I remember looking over and the, the one girl was down on the ground. The mom was pulling her hair out and literally dragged her all the way out the venue, out the front door. So oh, wow. then he asked me to play for another hour. And then I was like, oh my God. Like, like what song do you play? Like, like Saturday's Night, uh, right? The fight or... Uh... <laughs> right? Fight music by Eminem. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like just crazy stuff. But you know what? It's usually in the, the the wee hours when stuff starts happening. I've even had bride and grooms miss part of their wedding and even their first dance because they're too intoxicated and spending their time on the toilet. And this is no word of a lie. This happens almost every year. Oh, no. And there's a lot of even clients too. Sometimes they might pop some pills to calm those nerves. And then obviously these pills affected with alcohol it's it's not a good combination. It's going to pass you out and then you're going to sleep through the first dance. I had one wedding where basically the groom didn't wake back up till 10.30 at night. He missed two hours of his dance and he missed his first dance. Oh my Lord. So yeah, so pretty crazy stuff to say the least. Obviously, like I said, as soon as nine o'clock hits on, it's all game, right? So you kind of just do your, your crowd searching around and just kind of seeing those crazy people and intoxicated people but usually there's always an article of clothing that always gets removed you know what i mean and it's always funny to see grandma and grandpa because they're very tame and when you start playing more hip-hop or r&b you know what i mean there's certain songs like even cardi b it doesn't matter they're dancing to this but they don't know actually what the lyrics are and what they're yeah, dancing. Yeah. <laughs> only you guys knew right now you're dancing to you're just dancing because everyone else is dancing but you have no idea what they're actually saying in the song so it's really funny you know i you know what? Once again, I love my job. It's pure happiness. At the end of the day, Same. I always tell my clients, Kev, there's no Debbie Downers. 
There's no negative Nancy's at a wedding. Everyone is in the best mood possible. So me going in that environment, I'm already boosted up. So you just know that that day is going to be something special, something memorable. And there's just, there's no downs about it. You know what I mean? Everyone is on such a high. So once again, why we love doing what we do, right? Exactly. It is definitely one of the reasons why I do what I do. I get such a high from just being around energized people. And it's just like, I get to go to a new party every weekend. And yeah, it takes my weekends away. But you know what? I probably be uh, at home, you know, on my phone going through uh, TikToks. Plus it's someone's special day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Right. Better sharing someone's special day that they wait, they wait for their whole life to celebrate. Yeah. It's a huge honor to do what we get to do and play such an integral part in these people's lives on one of the most important days of their lives. And so, you know, it's something I definitely don't take for granted and I know you don't either. So it's, it's a lot of responsibility that, comes with what we do but it's why we do what we do and, and we're not going around anywhere anytime soon people are stuck with us for a while and i always say to my clients us djs i find that we do have one of the hardest jobs at a wedding it's either your dj is really good or he's not the greatest there's no happy medium and we set the tone because once again going back from the beginning we're calling all those announcements you know what i mean we're controlling the flow of the evening and obviously the hardest part is the dance right trying to work with that crowd, trying to read the crowd, right? Trying to figure out what song to play next. So it's as simple as we play one song and the whole crowd evacuates. And we're like, oh no. And then we switch back to something else. They all come back on, you know what I mean? So you're controlling that whole crowd of people, which is pretty crazy to say the least, you know what I mean? Like you're you're the master going on that, that celebration. I'm not religious, but I mean, it's like, it's pretty close to being like, like God, the wedding God, you know, it's like, I hold that power. You think you can escape. I'll bring you right back to the next song. It's true. How can people find you on the internet? Like uh, what's your website and your social handles? Lots and lots of platforms. So obviously my main website is nyquistentertainment.com. I'm on Instagram, Nyquist Entertainment, Facebook, Wedding Wire, Google Business, Wedding Rescue, BBB, I think I have about nine different platforms. All you have to literally do is type in Nyquist Entertainment. You're going to find everything about myself, my company, my DJs, my reviews, everything you need to know. I don't like to hide anything. So please do do your homework, your research. You'll find everything about myself. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on. It's been just an absolute blast this last hour, Jordan. And I know our paths will cross at some point this season. They always do. So yeah. I can't wait to see you in person and uh, let's uh, let's keep the vibe going. Of course. I cannot wait to kick off my wedding seasons this year. I'm super excited. And obviously, if we get to work together, that's even better. Absolutely. All right. I'll see you around, buddy. You bet. Take care. Thanks again for having me on the show, Kev. Pleasure is all mine. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Alberta Wedding Podcast. Each week, I will pull back the veil and introduce you to the faces behind the brands that you love in Alberta. Your feedback matters. It would mean a lot to me if you could leave a review and let me know what you think of this episode. Until next week, stay well and be merry.